ghost house. Is a very, very, very fine house <laughs> with two ghost cats in the yard. Stealing from blind men is so hard. Now everything is easy because of you and your... Welcome to Attack of the Killer Podcast, where we are, where we are discussing ghost house pictures. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer And welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I know Jason loves it when I have musical numbers during episodes. That's true. So, More singing, the better. That's right. I, I feel like Jason needs to leave the false start on there with the oh, wrong no. song. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally doing it. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so we're discussing Ghost House Pictures, the company started by Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert, and all that goodness. Uh, but before we get into that, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He often finds pale white little boys in his closet. Ghosts, I mean. John Stalter, everybody. <laughs> I just knew that was going to be mine. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> He keeps his special secret sauce in a syringe in the mini fridge in his basement, Brian Clark. Hello there. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Terry. Some say her box is possessed. Terry Turfer. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. Really apologize. You felt so bad. <laughs> Just about made me ruin my keyboard there. <laughs> I don't his, know what to think of that. His diary is just like the Book of the Dead, bound in flesh and inked in blood, but has rainbows and a pony on the cover. D- uh, Dustin Neal. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Just read your diary. <laughs> He's in love with that girl from Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, that's right. Mrs. Ganesh, the old gypsy woman. Jason Bollinger! Uh- we have a connection, I think. Hey, what's up? Party people! And last but not least, we are ve- we have a very, very special guest on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Coming all the way from the horror cast, and boy is his arms tired, Mark Nato! Hey, what's up, everybody? Oh man, I, I didn't get a uh, I didn't get a ghost house introduction. You got to give me you know a ghost house introduction or something. It took me hours to come up with the ones that I did, and I hate pulling back the curtain because I know some of those were really shitty. I was proudest of the Terry one until they, I had to say it out loud. They were good. Made me laugh. That's good stuff. Comedy gold. Why? Thank you. Alright, so, uh, yeah, we're talking about Ghost House Pictures. Um, Oh, quick, we should probably do some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. Starting off... 
Actress Alice Drummond, the librarian from Ghostbusters, has passed away at the age of oh. 88. Oh, I right. saw that. Boo! You love the downers. Okay. Um, and so I was kind of looking, and she also was in the Tales from the Dark Side movie, and she played Nurse Jackson on the old Dark Shadows TV show from the 60s. Oh. Yeah. Also in the news, Michael Jackson's Thriller video is 33 years old. Now, it's officially too old for Michael Jackson to date. Uh, I apologize for outdated Michael Jackson jokes, but hey, it's been a long week. (laughs) I will defend Michael Jackson until I die. Hey, I love his music too. For diddling little kids? I don't think he diddled little kids. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I think he had some inappropriate relationships with kids, but... Like sleeping in the same bed, but he didn't look at it as a sexual thing. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> That's on our other podcast. That's on our other podcast where Mike and I get really deep on our feelings. <laughs> but thirty. Tune in next. Tune in next week for is it pedophilia or not? <laughs> next week, should Jason touch that? Probably not. <laughs> He's gonna though. <laughs> 33 uh, years old, uh, though. The Thriller video. 33 wow. years old. Phew, makes me feel old. Uh, me too. Also in the news, Don Kalfa from Return of the Living Dead has passed away as well. Oh, that one really hit me hard. Oh, yeah. That's being one of my favorite movies of all time. Fuck you, 2016. No doubt. Just watched that one with the kids this weekend. Uh, they, they loved it, of course. Uh, to explain. Like the reason I want to watch this tonight is kind of sad, but it's yeah. in memory. Yeah, it's a bummer too because I just got a I just got uh, from VHSPS not too long ago, Treasure of the Moon Goddess, which is a very unknown lost um, Linnea Quigley movie that is also has Don Calfa in it. So they did two movies together. Hmm. <clears throat> Also in the news, Stakeland 2 is coming in February. Has it been too long? Fans say, what's Stakeland? Uh. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome, but is it almost too late? Like, that movie came out in 2011. (laughs) Well, what I'm I'm worried about is is it's a a sci-fi movie. It's a sci-fi channel movie. Ew. Yeah, so, so it's gonna so versus mirror what? on the sci-fi channel. No, yeah, they did a great job with what? the Candle Cove thing, but mm. we'll see. I love Stakeland. That's a great movie. So oh, it's a great movie. They do, yeah. Sci-fi, it's they're kind of hit and miss. Sometimes they do some really great things, though. I think, yep. but um, hmm. I don't think it's too late for a sequel. If I, at least they didn't fucking remake it already. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It's five years. Well, that's, that's because Eli Roth wasn't behind it. You know? oh. oh my god! <laughs> I don't even. I recently suffered through the cabin fever, the new cabin fever, quote unquote. Why did I do that? Because you need a bottom. Because fu- you need a bottom pick for 2016. It, yeah, yep. that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> Gotta find them bottom feeders. Yeah. <sighs> did that make any money at the theaters? Was it even I don't in the theater? No. Yes, it was released it, to the theater. Was, I, I think, wasn't it? Or maybe it was just a straight it, to VOD, maybe. See, I'm, not, I'm not even sure. I mean, either way, nobody paid attention. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. 
I don't I think mean, it would have mattered where it was released. It's just unnecessary. You know, you know, and I need to... I don't even know why I'm talking about this now. Um, <laughs> I need to rewatch the original because... I mean, the original was fun. I think that maybe some things in this new one, direct direction-wise, may have been better. But why? <laughs> it's just not yeah. long enough to I mean, remake it's, it. It's one thing to remake a foreign film like a year later, two years later, or whatever. Yeah. But Jesus like, Christ, know, like, ten years in was a you know, even though it was kind of shot for shot, it was still a really awesome film, regardless. Yeah. You know, one of those sort of deals. I'm, yeah, I'm not fully against remakes, but when it's, an, you know, you're remaking a movie just 10 years later, that is so incredibly unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we call that, we call that in the 80s, we call that a sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just do like 55 minutes of original footage and then throw a few things in and you call it Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> well, look at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. After part two, every single one of those was a remake. Pretty much. Yeah. Like part three, it's not the same family. Next generation, let's not even, let's, let's move on. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I went on a tangent there. <laughs> Last thing in the news, the Mummy trailer with Tom Cruise is now available. Hey. <laughs> Did you watch it? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. And you want to defend it? I thought I thought there was cool things. I lo- I thought it <laughs> I, you know like Did I this sell it. I sell good. <laughs> I you know this like crazy looking witch that's like destroying destroying cities and whatever. I thought that looked cool too in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Does it have a huge uh, fire thing goes up into the sky? You know, that's threatening to destroy the city. That's like every movie now. You know that? <laughs> yeah. The big pillar of fire. I don't know. I mean, I think I think that the trailer looks like it's going to be a good action flick to go, you know, take your kids, go see it. What I want from Universal, it, if you're going to do remakes of the Universal Mark, can, can we get actual, like, creepy, scary monster movies? Not, and not, yeah, and not action movies. That that's, I mean that that's already been done with uh, what's his name, Brendan Fraser or whatever. Yeah, it, it just it's unnecessary. Well, all of them lately, you know, they they tried doing that uh, that like oh, what the hell's the name of that Frankenstein one they did a year or two ago with Aaron Eckert. Yeah, there was that. Oh, and there yeah. was that Dracula one where it was like. Like, you know, talking about his history or whatever, how he became Dracula. Dracula Untold? Untold. That was a load of crap. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing, too. When I read about this this trailer before I watched it, they're claiming that this is the first in the Universal Cinematic Universe. So what I want from from Universal, for them to stick with it. Because this is going to be the third time they said this is the first in the the, uh, Universal Cinematic Universe. Like they're going so the, full so on. So the adventure. Dracula doesn't count. I guess not, because it's saying here that this is going to be the first one, followed up with like Wolfman, Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and Van Helsing. And so when I go see Mummy, I need to stay tuned for the Nick Fury stinger at the end. <laughs> oh God! Well, that's exactly what they're going for. You know, they want that Avengers money. You know, and that's they, and that's fine. I would love to see like a House of Frankenstein type, you know, 
movie where it's got a shit ton of monsters in one movie. It'd just be nice if we actually had monsters when we got to that movie. Yeah. And I like their choice. They said that the... I don't like the fact that Wolfman is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Huh. They, they they announced that that he's going to be the Wolfman. Huh. Little too muscular <laughs> for me. Uh, and and Javier Bardem is that his name? Uh-huh. Bardem. Yeah. yeah. Like supposed to be the Frankenstein, and that. Oh. That I can be, see. I, I can like that. that. Cool, like Christopher yeah. Lee style Frankenstein, like from the yeah. the original Hammer Frankenstein, yeah. where yeah. he's not the flat top bolt neck. Like he just looks like a dude who's stitched together, and he's got like the one milked out eye and the yeah and he already talks he's like he's of, been uh, stitched together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like um the frankenstein's on uh penny dreadful i like yeah that, you know yeah i lo- loved that version yeah the, yeah he's that the frankenstein monster and penny dreadful is probably the best thing about that show and it's a good show mm-hmm. may it rest in peace yeah yeah, so I guess we'll see. You know, I mean, yeah, the trailer did not look like. First of all, it didn't even have a goddamn mummy in it, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. Whoever that chick was just looks like a reject character from Killer Instinct. I don't isn't, know if anybody isn't the the girl. Isn't the the chick? Isn't she the mummy? I that's guess. what I'm assuming, but yeah, that's she that's just, what I, she yeah. just looks like she was a rejected character from the like. The new version of uh, Killer Instinct on the Xbox One. Yeah. That's just what she looks like. She looks like a fighting game character. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, well. <laughs> we I should... mean, it's not like any of the other new Universal movies have been super great that they've been coming out with. No, so it's, what like, are we to expect? it's like somebody else said, like, they're, they're just making. You're just taking these properties and making action movies out of them. Yeah, yeah. that's all and, it is. And that sucks. <laughs> it's a bummer. <clears throat> well, you always have the originals. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Never take it away from us. Friday 13 <laughs> Part 5 was all about the creative art, the, the story they wanted to tell. And it's always. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> All sequels are about making money. All these, yeah. I didn't. I know. Didn't say was. I just don't want. I, I just. <clears throat> I would love to see. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that probably scoff at at this, but I would love to see them build a oh, Universal yeah. Monster cinematic universe. Just like I, you know, it just seems to keep failing on them. Mm-hmm. And but I want to see like monsters. I want to see when we get to that final movie, where they all just end up in the same, you know, same film together. I just want to see a big old monster mash. You realize by the time they get to that point, it's going to have petered out, and they're going to be like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein type. Although I love that movie, but you see where I mean, like yeah, well, I know what you mean. Whether whether they were making them proper. Uh, horror movies like they should be or whether they're going to continue making them action movies like they're unfortunately probably going to by the time we get the full on monster mash it's going to be like 
Seth Rogen meets Frankenstein. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie. Actually, I want to see that now. Let's just stick to that. Oh. Well, it, o- only if it's like thirty <clears throat> seconds long and it's just Frankenstein disemboweling Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Well, while Seth Rogen's still smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, man, you gotta hit this shit. <laughs> Okay, we should probably get to our uh, topic. So, <clears throat> a while back we did an episode on on um, on Blumhouse and talking about uh, the films that they've done and stuff. So we kind of wanted to do another production company, and we opted this time to do Ghost House Pictures. And you know, I I like Ghost House. Pictures based on the pure principle of the fact that it's Robert Tappert and Sam Raimi's production company doing these doing these horror films, um, <clears throat> and the uh, production house started back in two thousand two. Um, so they've been going now for for quite a while, and has put out quite a few films and has done some TV shows and whatnot. So. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about some of those different movies. Uh, which one should we start with? Who wants to start us off? Terry? <laughs> <laughs> what? Come on. Mike hey, didn't what? even do it that time. <laughs> yeah, but now that you mention it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, how about Drag Me to Hell? Yes, good one. Out of awesome. all of these, all of all these films that they've produced, it's the only one that that uh, Sam himself had directed as well. Correct. Written by uh, Sam and his brother Ivan. So it's been a little while since I've seen it, but I love it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very in the style of of Sam Raimi. Um, love the gypsy storyline, and Justin Long is great. It's just overall really fun pick yeah I, I like that movie too I mean, that was just a fun ride i mean i saw that at the theaters yeah and I, I wasn't expecting much and it was genuinely creepy in a lot of spots but it also had some really funny parts i mean oh, yeah they just kept it you know the the, the goat thing at the seance and stuff that was hilarious <laughs> But but yeah. the old woman attacking her in the car and stuff that was yeah that was just scary it was scary and then uh, gross in some parts uh, yeah that was it's one it's one of my my favorite of the last twenty years it was it's a uh, it's a fun ride whatever happened to that girl that was it Allison Lohman or something was her? yeah well, I mean I haven't seen her in anything else I'm not sure if she like you know got married and. Decided to have kids and raise kids or whatever, but I haven't seen her in anything. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I haven't really seen her in much since then either. I feel like she was in, wasn't she in Big Fish too? Yeah. Oh yeah, which is an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. She was in, yeah, she was in a few leading up to that, but yeah, she's kind of dropped off the. She's, I mean, she's still doing things. stuff, but it's kind of, I think, probably stuff that we wouldn't normally have on our radar. I guess she was in the Vatican tapes. Oh God! Actually, she she pretty much, <laughs> Vatican tapes. She between oh. two thousand nine and twenty fifteen, she didn't act. She went from that crap movie Gamer with uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. 
And then did the Vatican tapes. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying here Vatican tapes, and she wasn't even like a main. She was psych patient. Psych, yeah. So how do you go I, from being the lead and drag me to hell to being psych patient? Yeah, I wonder if she Vatican just tapes. Mm. I don't know. Kind of, yeah. Huh. Well, can I just say, drag me to hell too? Come on, let's bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, because you know they they set it up. You know he he got it at the end, and she's still, you know. And I think that now is a really good time. I mean, people are really craving that sort of stuff. I mean, with um, Ash vs. Evil Dead and all that, it's really mainstream right now. I think that they could have a huge hit on their hands if they tried to crank something out. Yeah. I mean, they they cranked out Boogeyman, too, so, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be my point. Like, there's not... There's very few films in this uh, filmography of Ghost House Pictures... That does not have a, f- a fucking sequel to it. Like, there's three mm-hmm. there's three Boogeyman movies. There's, like, three from uh, 30 Days of Night movies. There's three Grudge movies, but no sequel to uh, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. E- even two Messengers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. why? Why? <laughs> Messengers 2, The Scarecrow, I believe yeah. starring Norman Reedus. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would watch it. I would definitely go watch it. Hell yeah. So, let's get the petition going. <laughs> Who else has seen Drag Me to Hell? Dustin, you've seen it, surely, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I actually went to the theater and saw this as well, and we were the only ones in the theater. Oh. And it was incredibly creepy. But, yeah, this movie has a lot of stuff that makes your skin crawl. I mean, just the whole, like... You know, the fly going up her nose, uh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the gypsy, like, spewing all those, like, mealworms all over her when she's in bed, and it's just, yeah. it's just, oh, man, it's just so gross. Yeah, I just rewatched that this Halloween, nice. or uh, October, and <clears throat> the CGI is a little dated on it. Um, you know, it's been a while. I didn't think it had been that long, but there's some parts in it that really stick out now. Uh, that were yeah, like like uh, well, there's a really funny part where she goes into the shed and the gypsy woman is out there with her and a, it, an anvil like drops on her uh, head the gypsy's head and her eyeballs pop out oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, but yeah. when the eyeballs pop out they are like so cartoony they're like the wolf you know uh, old you know Looney Tunes stuff it was, yeah. and that's what it's supposed to be I mean it's Sam Raimi it's slapstick that's I mean that's what he wanted to do but it just it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in some scenes but other than that still creepy and what kind of uh, the, all that creepiness overshadows a great score and sound design as well. Mm. I mean, this movie, like, I have the full-on surround sound set up, and just when she's being taunted or mm. stalked by the demon, it's just it's coming at you from all angles, and it's just mm. the rumbling and the stretching and the sounds that you just you know he's always been great at that and. What's happening on the screen with movements, uh, you know, everything is accentuated or I don't know how to express myself here. But, um, you know, just everything that uh, from pots to pans, pots and pans dangling and uh, 
monster sounds. It's just it's it's a beautiful sound design on that movie as well. Yeah, I like the use of that that shadow going yes. across the wall okay. in, in that scene mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, but that that is that is the mark of Sam Raimi. You know, something that is is genuinely genuinely funny in parts, but can still really creep you out. I mean, the original, The Evil Dead, I mean, very, to me, very creepy, but also extremely slapstick and funny. So he, he struck that chord here again. And so, My favorite scene is, uh, now it's been a while since I've seen it, but my favorite scene is when she's fighting with, what was that, like a piece of paper? What, what was, Dustin, what was that? Was outside of the car? She fights a doily. Yeah, that. Yeah. So fucking funny. <laughs> or a handkerchief? Or I don't know yeah. I'm sure what you can call Something. it, but it's the first and probably only scene like it. Yeah, well, yes. it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of um, Ash fighting with the Necronomicons in um, Army of Darkness, but uh, uh, right. so funny, so funny. <clears throat> Jason, what about you? Or drag me to hell. I loved it. It had well. It had you know. It had the Raimi feel. It had quick camera movement. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was all about that scene in the car. So fucking gross. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Loved it. Good. Good movie. Anybody else have anything they want to say about Drag Me Now? I was a little shocked to see that that only grossed forty two million dollars on a thirty million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah. You know, I th- I thought it would, you know, still profitable though, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's more Sam Raimi. Yes, more Sam Raimi doing it's horror. True. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've I've learned to say to pick and choose when, when I say more Sam Raimi. Specifically, more Sam Raimi horror. Yeah. Because <laughs> Drag Me to Hell, I mean, that came mm-hmm. right after his stint doing the Spider-Man films. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it felt like he was kind of maybe pulling back to that or maybe giving it a shot to see what might happen. And and then he did Oz the Great and Powerful, which was basically a remake of Army of Darkness set in Wizard of Oz land. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Totally. So, <laughs> did you know that drag? He wrote him and Ivan wrote "Drag Me to Hell" directly after "Army of Darkness." That's how old that script is. Really? They wanted to I make did not it, know that. They wanted to make it way back then, but couldn't get the couldn't get anybody to produce it. So, huh. or to fund it, I guess. Yeah. That's crazy. Damn. You know, and it kind of. You can kind of tell. I mean, it, again, it feels yeah, it feels it like it has that feeling of of a, a throwback. I mean, like Sam Raimi's always had a style, but it has yeah. that more over the top, like super crazy style that dates back to Evil Dead Two, Army Darkness, Dark Man, those films. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and. I could totally see that. I mean, while it's set in more of a modern setting, it still felt sort of nostalgic in a way while you yeah. were watching it. Yeah. That's interesting. Cool mm-hmm. fact. 
That's right. <laughs> also, fun fact, I was doing a lot of research for this episode. Also, fun fact that uh, Sam Raimi wanted to do um, the Shadow movie, but uh, things <laughs> fell through and he didn't get the rights to do that character, so he did Dark Man instead. And the world is probably better for it. Yeah. <laughs> but could you imagine a Sam Raimi Shadow movie? I mean, let's let's get the Alec Baldwin movie out of our heads. Just think <laughs> what that would have been like. If Sam Raimi did it. Yeah, but we we got Dark Man, so I think we win. That's true. That's true. I love me some Dark Man. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the sequels in ages, but I love the first one. I don't, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen either of the sequels. Oh, really? Yeah. It was kind of like back then. It's like, oh, Sam didn't do it. I don't want it. Yeah. I only have them because I bought like a cheap five dollar box set of them at a uh, half price books. Are they any good though? Just well, clearly not if I haven't watched them in a while and don't remember. But okay, <laughs> fair enough. But I love the first one. Yes, definitely. All right. So yeah, drag me to hell. We started off with the with the strongest one off the list, I think. That's not true. No. There's other good ones. No. What else do we want to talk about? Evil Dead Four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Evil Dead, the uh, 2013 version. Why do you call it Evil Dead Four? <laughs> Well, somebody, somebody in the sequels. comments called it Evil Dead Four, but I mean, uh, I, I agree with you because I've always felt ever since I saw the movie that it wasn't a remake; it was in the same universe. Same and they've universe. always they've always said that. And then there was the plans that yep. they were going to try to do uh, a movie with Ash and uh, the girl. But I mean, it really, yeah, it to me, it, it's not a remake. No, and there was even a reason what they. Somebody came up with some convoluted reason why the Necronomicon in the remake or the fourth version, you know, fourth movie looks different. It's like the real reason was something with rights, but somebody said, oh, well, the Necronomicon can change its shape. So that's why it looks different in this movie. Mm. Like, well, okay, works for me. Or as long as you've got some human skin and a pot full of blood to dip your quill in, you could always <laughs> yeah. make another copy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but. Also, let me throw this out at you. It's been a while since I've seen it. kind of wish I would have watched it for this episode. Um, but, again, doing research, and I read a crap ton of stuff on IMDb, you know, on uh, Evil Dead and and uh, Wikipedia and stuff on, on the, on the uh, newer Evil Dead movie. And at no time in anything that i read do they refer to it as the necronomicon they just keep calling it the book of the dead book of the dead yeah is it ever referred to as the necronomicon the movie that anybody remembers i don't think so i don't, yeah, think, I don't it think it does is. i'd have to rewatch to be sure but so there's that to think about too like mm-hmm. maybe it's just, just another grimoire exactly exactly mm-hmm. does but anybody here not not like this movie? I mean, now there's a huge contingent of people that hate this movie. Huh. <laughs> I, I am, was one of those reactionary nerds that hated it when they announced it. Oh, so no, I, everybody, I think, was that way. I, I, I actually really like it now. Uh, but 
it was just like, really, you're remaking that? Why don't you remake Jaws, you assholes? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Give it time, man. Give it time. And then the more I started hearing about it, and people I knew who I whose opinions I trusted went and saw it, and were like, "No, this is this is good." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I'll give it a shot." So you know, going in with your expectations down on the floor with popcorn kernels and the chewed bubble gum, uh, <laughs> that probably helped a little bit. But yeah, I I mean, I was impressed, and uh, and I love the idea that it's not a remake that it just takes place in the same universe because I really really want there to be like a continuing adventures of Ash and Mia at some point I think that would be awesome exactly yeah, yeah. 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 that would be awesome and ha- and again like we we've seen all this new stuff in in uh, entertainment lately like you know when we were kids we'd never thought we'd see superhero mo- separate superhero movies that ended up crossing over into each other's movies and then all teaming up for one big movie you know that kind of jazz but like that would be kind of revolutionary too like you know two characters from two completely unrelated films showing up together like that you mean, you mean like dollman versus demonic toys Fuck yes! <laughs> yeah, I know. Phil Phil Moon did it first and did it better. I get it. The Marvel. I, I don't know if I'd call it better. That movie's <laughs> awful. Yeah, it is. Shut your mouth. It's. I li- I like the two individual ones, especially Dollman. I think is quite. Good. Oh yeah. Demonic Toys is okay, but the the crossover movie is not that great. The thing that pisses me off about Demonic Dollman versus Demonic Toys, it's. 75 it's like the silent night deadly night part two of full moon (laughs) it's 75 percent footage from the other movies but they still couldn't get a feature-length film out of it it's like it's like 65 minutes long (laughs) i'm like seriously the first time i ever saw it was on the sci-fi channel and i think they ran a short after it just to make up the (laughs) two-hour programming block you showed the video zone afterwards. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't remember what it was, because I can't imagine they showed fifty-five minutes of commercials during that block. So, not not now that would. Yeah, but yeah, not fifteen would. years ago. <laughs> oh man, it's amazing we derailed to Dollman versus Demonic Toys. <laughs> Evil Dead, the Evil Dead movies was it, it was just so much fun seeing something that bloody on the big screen again. So bloody. Mm-hmm. That really yeah, spoke to that, my Anybody that went in there, you know, thinking about the original and that it was going to be a little bit humorous, <laughs> were completely well it, shocked because that that movie was was straight up mean. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was. It was brutal. It was brutal. I think it got to the humor at the end. A little like, bit. When, in a very, bit. like, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're fucked up in the head enough to think that kind of thing is funny. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, I, I think we're all did, probably there. <laughs> yeah, I think it did actually a good job of combining the tones of all three of the movies. Because at the beginning, you just got the straight up Evil Dead. Like, it's, you know, full on horror movie. They find the the dead cats in the basement and all the vines and all that stuff. And then as it goes on through the second act, it starts to get a little more like the gore gags are so over the top that you almost kind of have to laugh at him, even if it's like a nervous laughter. And then Mm -hmm. by the end, when he dresses her in the army of darkness dress and starts to like, she's trying to 
revive her with a car battery and shit. Like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not full-on Three Stooges Army of Darkness funny, but I think it got to the point where it kind of transitioned through the tones of all three of the movies. Mm-hmm. Or of all three of the previous yeah. movies, I should say. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Oh, Jason, you remember that time we uh, saw a bunch of us, we all went and saw Evil Dead, and then we recorded like a three-hour episode of the show just talking about it in a hotel room? I do. Yeah, good times. <laughs> it's a good episode. It's one of our yeah, highest we- downloaded episodes we ever had. Is it really? Yeah. Ooh, nice. <laughs> we should do that more often. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I've record- never got to do one of those. That'd be awesome. And hang out in a hotel room together. Yeah, just record podcasts in a hotel room. I think that was the, probably what made it so downloadable. Right. Well, you know, it's focused focused in on a specific movie that maybe people are really curious about, and it's current. Yeah. You know. I think other than doing commentary episodes, I think that's the only time we've ever done an episode based on one movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a blast. Plus, then you know, there's no muting of microphones, so you can hear every beer getting opened and every, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a fun episode. Yeah, it was a, just a fun time all together. All right. Anybody else? Any last? Anything else? Anybody wants to add about Evil Dead? So you Amazing. see the you see the old Oldsmobile in it, but. Apparently, from what I read, it's the wrong year Oldsmobile. The Movie Delta. sucks. Yeah. Mm. It's like, what what year is the actual Delta? Is it... It didn't bother me when I watched it, so it was close enough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was close enough, but like at the same time, that, that Delta has shown up in like everything Sam Raimi's ever done. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like its well, own. It's like its own actor. And I, and I'm not I'm not nitpicking over something as trivial as as a cameo by a car, but but what I'm saying is again, like, is there is there something more to that? The fact that it's purposely the wrong year car, with this whole expanded universe of Evil Dead. I'm just saying. I doubt it. Or it's the fact that. Like they figure most people aren't car nerds enough to notice that hey that's a yeah. it, I'm looking at here year it's off. A, yeah seventy four instead of seventy three I don't think anybody's gonna oh my gosh <laughs> Jesus Whoa. Christ Mike God. it's been a seventy three Oldsmobile in every single one of Sam Raimi's movies I remember he loves his continuity that's all I'm saying guys. the commentary track for the first Spider Man movie he actually announced that he was gonna sell that car and that. And so he must have decided either either decided not because he had had it wasn't just the same model car it was the same fucking car yeah. the whole time that they just constantly were like everyone but Sam hated it because it broke down all the time so they spent so much time working on the car and putting it in the shop that it you know extended shooting times and that but uh, so I don't know if he either if he did sell it and then just bought a different one or if he decided not to and I don't know but. One other thing that I like about thinking of, of little continuity nitpicks, or in this case, it's whatever the opposite of a nitpick is, a thumbs up, I guess, is that they gave a reason for that ugly-ass necklace. 
because in the first movie, he gives his girlfriend that shitty, cheap little necklace. It's like a little piece of glass in that little flower pattern metal thing. And she acts like he gave her the Hope Diamond. You're just jealous that I haven't given you, given you anything that pretty. <laughs> you, you bring me beer, that's better. But True. anyway, uh, but in the movie, the, the uh, framing piece that holds that little piece of glass is... May I forget the kind of wood and its significance, but it's carved out of, of a specific type of wood, and it has some significance to Mia and her brother's relationship. So there's a reason, like, here, have this ugly fucking cheap thing as a present, and she acts excited about it, but it's because of, you know, of their past and some kind of connection they have with yeah. it, rather than just, this is the only thing we could afford on our budget, so just pretend it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it just makes me think of when we saw Evil Dead the Musical back in October in Kansas City. And oh. he gives her that necklace and it's a big magnifying glass on a chain. Yes. <laughs> it's like a full-size magnifying glass. That's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> okay, well, one thing I'll say about the movie, I always thought it was hilarious. Um, I always kind of considered Ash Williams to be a final girl in a way. I think I've mentioned that before. I mean, he really kind of is. Yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. know. So it was kind of interesting to see Mia become, you know, she's like kind of the new Ash sort of and I don't know. I just always thought that parallel was kind of interesting. All the way down she's to not... cutting off her hand, so. Yeah. 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 And so that, that was, was gross. So yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. were kind of weird with it being a girl, but I'm like, but Ash was a girl, really. I mean, have you seen the other movies? <laughs> like, yeah. His name is Ashley. Like, come Ashley. on. Ashley, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the uh, machete through the wall that digs into her knee. Has anyone else seen The Raid Redemption? Oh, God, that, uh, that seems... They, they, and I'm pretty sure that was an intentional thing because the raid had just come out like the year before and it was huge and popular and she's hiding in the wall and the things jamming the that machete through and it slices into her knee and she's trying to like hold her scream in and that is totally the mirror of a scene from the raid where uh eco uasis character is hiding in a wall from the from the thugs and they are stabbing through the wall to because they think somebody's in there and even has to like pinch his finger on the blade as they pull it out to wipe the blood off so it doesn't come out with blood on it and they know he's there. Anyway, just a little little parallel I noticed. Nice. Nice. Anybody remember the name of the director? Bede Alvarez? Yeah, it's the same guy that did Don't Breathe. Yeah, that was going to be my segue. So yeah, he uh, <laughs> he went on to direct Don't Breathe, which was awesome. Anybody else get to see that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I actually wasn't going to go see it until I found out he's the one who directed it, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's him. Okay, I'm going to go see this now. <laughs> yeah, Jason and I went to go see it. Oh, I loved that movie. It was so good. So good. So like, Ugh. he's quickly. What? Uh oh. Uh -oh. Oh, of course. Dustin, what? <laughs> Dustin's no, not too no, quiet. No, no. <laughs> what? Well, I just, I, I just, I. Do we really? Do we want to get into this? Yeah. I mean, 
is this okay. is this a is this a ghost house? Yeah, um, yeah it is. It is topic yeah. and and not like a year end. Like okay, well no, I, I just well we could we could do it out again on the year end. That's fine. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. We could do well, both. I, so it sounds like everybody everybody liked it. Yeah, so far. Well, okay, I, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the hype that it's getting. Yeah. Because um, I work for Redbox, and we just uh, got this huge shipment of these Don't Breathe DVDs in it. Big, big bold letters on the front. The best American horror movie in 25 years. Fuck no. 25 well, that's, years. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's a bit much. And, and it says, like, on the back, it says the the best twist in like you know for huh? uh, no. the movie is is a is a good it's movie. It's good. I enjoyed yeah. myself, but yes. let's 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 calm let's calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, true. Not, it's, it's not a masterpiece. It's not even the best American horror movie this year. <laughs> no, no, it it's good, but Jesus. And I found it to be more suspense thriller. <laughs> then, then just straight forward. <laughs> now let's let's you know we're not going to get into that now. You know that kind of a, a conversation is what's horror, or what's not. But you know, <laughs> but it definitely had a thriller aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, thriller all the way. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was really pissed. I was really pissed because I couldn't even use my turkey baster at Thanksgiving. It was completely <laughs> ruined. For me. Sales have gone down on turkey basters, I think, <laughs> after that movie, or gone up. I don't know. Um, depends on who's using. That was using. the part that really took me by surprise because I, I I kind of had an idea of what to what it was about and what to expect, but when they when that happened, first of all, when it just the drip. <laughs> was enough to skeeve me out. Uh, I think it was the hair, the pe- the one, the one pube yeah. that was floating in there. Yeah. Well, but then when later when uh, she she returns it to him, very oh, forcefully. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh. Like I laughed out loud in the theater. Like holy shit! I can't believe oh. that got through the R rating. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. There was people that laughed in our theater at that moment, wasn't there, Jason? I think so. Yeah. Our theater roared. I mean, screamed when they sh- when they showed the the baster, you know, dripping, and the, and then when yeah, she shoved was... it back in his mouth, yeah, that was people were like, oh my god, you know. I mean, for how the rest of the film went tone tone wise, the turkey baster thing, the whole thing was a bit over the top. That was like, that was almost like trauma territory. I mean, for crying out loud, John Waters did the same thing in Pink Flamingos. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they they, they kind of wanted to make him like a sympathetic character, you know. And, and he even says, you know, I'm I'm no rapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just used a turkey baster. But... Uh, that still counts. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, was... it still still kind of counts. He's using the Republican definition of rape, apparently. <laughs> sure. so, he's not a legitimate rapist. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brian. And, and another thing um, that kind of took me out of the third act, not that I not that I wanted to see her ass, but like he cut a hole in her jeans, and you never see that throughout the re- her running around the rest of the movie. Yeah. Bullshit. So, Dustin, why did you hate it so much? 
<laughs> uh, I thought the story was a little light. I don't think they... Okay, there was no tension for me. And that might seem weird because they yeah. made it seem like there was a lot of tension. But they don't do enough in making it seem like the characters that are going into the house have it so bad that they need to get this money and they need to get out. Um, like the girl at the beginning. Oh, she lives with her mom and her mom made her order a pizza and calls her a whore. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that got it bad. It's welcome to rural Iowa. Yeah, I mean, like it. Everybody's got it fucking bad. Like, does she deserve this money? I, I, I don't know, but I don't think she deserves to get out. Not to say that the, the, not, not to say that the guy's home, um, that he, you know, that he's a saint at all, but. Because of that, because of there, there wasn't that need for them to like, oh my god, if they can just get out that window real quick, so she can, you know, have her life. I didn't, I didn't feel that because they did such a poor job of explaining why they needed the money that I didn't care. There was zero tension for me. I'm like, okay, good, let's have her die here, and then <laughs> it can be over. But um, no, I just, and, and that, and that ruined it. I. Well, now they broke in, and it just, like I said, there was just nothing there. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way or or, or what, but, I mean, it just didn't, it just eliminated all the tension. And for, for God's sakes, the guy that, the first guy that dies with the cornrows, how many more horror movies are we going to get of this fucking character? Can we just write that piece of shit dialogue Wanna be just asshole? Fucking write those out of horror movies. Yes. Why is he there? I. Oh my god. If you, if you look like that in a horror movie, I fully expect you to die within the first ten minutes. <laughs> exactly. And, and he I did. And to be your your musical happen. hero is Eminem. <laughs> and that alone well, you know, should die. I will <clears throat> agree with you, especially on the cornrow guy. Fuck that guy. And Kmart McLovin. Yeah, he's on the fence. Like I, he's following the pretty girl that won't have anything to do with him. And I, yeah, okay. But her and the like, I think blind dude is a like. Once the revelation comes about what he's doing, yeah, he's a fucking monster. And her character is not so much. I don't think the deserving is about her, because once we find out why she wants that money. It's not for herself. It's to rescue her little sister from that life. And that, I think, makes her a noble character. That makes me sympathetic to her. It's not so much for her sake. It's because she's still... She's got enough soul left in her. It hasn't been beaten out of her to the point where she recognizes it may be too late for me, but this little girl who's like seven or eight years old, she's... She's got a chance, and I need to get her out of here and give her that chance. So that worked for me. I agree with you, but I think it could have been way better written. Because um, I, I, I kind of take Dustin's side a little bit. It feels like that that scene in the in the mobile home with the mom and the and the daughter um, was that felt so forced. It just it felt like yeah. they set up they 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 started writing the script and so they get to like page 20 and it's like oh man we made our main protagonist a real bitch we should probably like uh 
give her something to make the audience feel sympathy for her. and that fucking scene and and, and, I, and I have a feeling the writers were like well i don't know what to do what should we do let's send it to rob zombie he'll write us a scene in a <laughs> mobile home with a with a really over-the-top mom character really hateful evil mom character and that a Nazi midget. And a Nazi midget. But seriously, did that not feel like a fucking Rob Zombie scene? Like, like yeah. when she's yeah. sitting on the couch calling her daughter a horror, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's it's clearly mm. uh, the scene from uh, his uh, Halloween remake. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're sitting around, exactly. she's making eggs, you know, everybody's a brat and a whore. She got a nice little dumper on her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard me, bitch. <laughs> the only thing Nobody. that wasn't said was skull was skull fucking her, and that was like the yes. that was the one That's thing. That's the deleted scene. Yeah, I guess. And we needed someone to get a donut and make like they were having sex with the donut. Remember that? You don't remember that? Okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> and now I want a donut. I thought it was a bagel. A bag? Yeah, a bagel. Whatever. Hey, either way, yeah. I'll take the donut or the bagel. I'm hungry. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I mean, I kind of see both your sides like i it did not the fact that her character i feel was poorly written did not ruin the suspense for me i thought all the stuff that happened in the house was so well crafted that that i was on the edge of my seat and the most likable character the most likable character in the whole movie who you think is going to be the hero because he is a the most likable character in the whole movie you know, spoiler alert, you know, plug your ears, Terry, gets fucking killed. She stepped away. Oh, yeah. You're fine. So, so by that point, I'm like, oh, shit, all bets are off. You know, and they do that thing, too, where you think, like, they, they, they like, kill him, like, two or three times. You think he's dead, finally, and it's like, no, he's back to save the day again. And you're like, surely you're not going to kill him for real this time. And boom! Sure enough. But, dude, I don't care. That scene in the freaking basement when he kills the lights and it goes mm-hmm. to that gray that gray colored tone, which is what you would see. Oh my god, that was like and she's feeling around and almost touches him and he's just standing there. Like I thought that was fucking amazing. That's that that scene I felt like the movie should have been mostly shot like that. I know I you know, that's probably not very appealing to a mass audiences. But the, that would have been fucking cool, them just trying to feel their way around this basement with a blind man in his own basement who knows the layout, stalking mm-hmm. them. I thought yeah, it needed actually, a little bit more of that. I did. Yes. Yeah, so the very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. I was actually going to say that's probably the most tense like night vision or in the dark scene since uh, Wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, this, or Record, whatever you want to call it. The, you know what I'm talking about. Zombie Plague movie. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree with Mark. That should have been... If there was more of that, that would have been way cool. Yeah. The, the, where it lost me was that it had more fucking false endings than Return of the King. <laughs> oh, wow. That's bold. <laughs> Let's walk. Yeah, they couldn't finish true. the job, could they? It's true. Well, I, I didn't the, like how they the kind of... couldn't take them out. I didn't like how they kind of... Sh- and this is just, a, I guess, a directing choice or whatever, but... How kind of like at the beginning they kind of showed what was happening at, near the end. Oh yeah, like, I hate uh, movies that start with the ending like that. You know, and especially when it's it's like, what was the point of showing us that? I I, yeah. I guess it's like in a movie like that, 
you know, you have the rule, especially with horror films, that you got to have something something exciting or something horrific happening in the first five minutes or whatever, or you feel like you're going to lose your audience. And a movie like this, you know what you know what else can you do but show the ending first, I guess. But uh, yeah, I hate. Yeah, I just hate that. Well, I spent most of the movie pissed off about that because it's like, really you gave it away. Like now there's no tension. We know everyone is dead and whatever. But then they flip it around, and that's not actually the ending. So the, mm-hmm. it kind of gained some of my goodwill back after that. Yeah. After it became yeah, apparent that, like, oh, there's like 10 part. more minutes to go. Yeah. What Dustin's saying. Yeah. You're waiting no, it, for it, that. It, it, was, it was a poor choice. <laughs> but it, it didn't. It, 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 bothered didn't me, it. it bothered me through like 80 minutes of the movie. And then once I realized they didn't blow the ending, so there was nothing to be concerned about, I'm like, oh, okay, well, now now in retrospect, I, I see what you were doing there. That's okay. Because it's kind of like a sleight of hand trick. Well, what about the girl in the pillow fort that uh, he's keeping down there? I felt like that was pretty much uh, a, a cheap scare and a waste of time. I mean, she, she comes out and, and scares them. And then they shoot her in the face, and it's all over with. And you know, I guess it was to other than explain the you know that he was wanted a baby, but I mean, well, they probably just, well they would have gotten away if they hadn't killed her because now he wanted her, so she can impregnate her now because because yeah. the uh, the girl with his baby was dead now, so yeah. it gave he like, needed a the motivation. motivation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the one hand, I didn't feel like the movie really earned it. Like Dustin is saying, like it was, it just kind of became a cheap scare. And I understand that it was, it was kind of necessary to set up all that final real stuff that came totally out of left field, <laughs> with a to to make that be able to come out of left field. Because really, your only other option is to make him a monster from the get go. And that completely changes the whole dynamic of the movie. So it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah, that's true. Jason, you're being quiet. I know we talked about it a lot after we went. Well, I thought I liked it, but you guys are starting to turn me. I still like yeah. it. Sorry. I like the I like the old I like blind guy. <laughs> he was I, creepy. I thought he was a badass dude mm-hmm. even after we learn more <laughs> but no he I think he did a great job mm-hmm. I, I think like some of the motivations in those things are what we were talking about but I mean as far as his his performance with Stephen Lang was yeah and he, he was he was awesome I mean I kind of see what you're saying about <clears throat> the motivation for going in was weak but I thought once all those doors locked, it was pretty fucking, like... Yeah, at that point, to me, I just didn't care. I was along oh. for the ride. Yeah. I mean, it was... I'm like, you gotta get out of the fucking house. Yeah. You know, it seemed legit. But And I like, too, like... I like, too, how... They kind of, sort of, kept getting out of the house. Like, the one guy gets out but he's crawling on that glass and it breaks out from underneath him you know she yep. ends up getting out but then like gets 
you know, pulled back in. Because at the end of the day, you know, like people are under the stairs. You can get out of that. It's a house. You know, I don't care how super barricaded it is. You're going to find a way out. It's just a house, you know. So I like how they did that. I think it would have taken me out of the reality of the world if it, uh, if they just would have literally been continually trapped there. And it added some extra good suspenseful moments. Like, I was on the edge of my seat thinking, he's finally out of the fucking house, you know? And, <clears throat> you know, and then the glass breaks out from underneath him. It's awesome, but... Yeah, can I go, can I go back to the, the, the old man actor? Uh, what was his name? I'm looking up right now. He was Stephen Lang. He's the he's the highlight of the film for me, mm-hmm. and I think that Jane Levy um, would have been the highlight for me because I think she's a good, great actress, and she has uh, she has a lot of charisma in her face, and I think it was fitting that on the cover of the film they have her covering her mouth with her hands because that's pretty much her entire reaction through the through the entire movie um other than you know maybe those dark scenes but like she, she was so, she's so good at conveying emotion that i wish like i know she, it's part of the movie like you're trying to be quiet don't breathe but like let's see some of that let's you know because because me for me that tension was not there so i needed her to convey that emotion of of tension that so i would get tense which mm-hmm. wasn't there because she's constantly covering her face mm-hmm. that's just me though that's good yeah. cool. i i wasn't turning on you jason i like everyone else <laughs> said i still like the movie we were just, it's it's a good but flawed movie so we're talking about the flaws but the flaws are do not outweigh the good parts like i will probably watch this movie again at some point i don't know if i'll buy it but i'll watch it again it is out now on dvd mm-hmm. and blu-ray and i do want to buy it i i stopped at walmart on the way home and i almost bought it <laughs> and i'm like i oh, think it's Christmas one of those like i want to rent it so i can watch it one more time and then watch all the special features and then then i'll probably be good with it cuz <laughs> A movie that hinges on all these twists and turns doesn't have a lot of rewatch value, because then you know everything that's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I will say, Rottweilers are fucking adorable, <laughs> and I I want to see a move away from them being like the go-to scary them or pit bulls or or uh, Dobermans or any like the dogs that everyone goes to to be scary. I want to see somebody getting chased down by an Irish wolfhound because they're <laughs> fucking huge. Now, yeah, I've, they are. I've known a bunch of Irish wolfhounds, and they are some of the sweetest dogs on the planet. So they're totally not scary at all, but physically they're incredibly imposing. And I just think it would be cool to see a different type of dog in the badass scary dog role at some point. Yep, I, I just agree. Fifty Chihuahuas yeah. attacking somebody. No. That that would be terrifying because it's the little ones that are the bastards. Like let's mm-hmm. let's crossbreed uh, piranhas and uh, chihuahuas, <laughs> and then they're just gonna fuck shit up. No, you don't even need the piranha in there. Chihuahuas are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a need a pack of them. Yeah, the, get those the little bastards dogs, together. They'll kill everything. The big dogs that everyone thinks are scary aren't really scary in real life unless. 
their Love owners are dogs. shitty and they train them to be mean. Your like, dogs are big and dumb. Yeah, like I have, an English, I have an English Mastiff. She might look imposing to someone who came to the door if she barked at him. She's she's a beanbag with fur. <laughs> she really is. You <laughs> can just use and abuse that dog in adorable ways. Like, I'm going to use you as a bed or a pillow or a blanket. She doesn't care. But it's the little dogs that will fly at you like furry little torpedoes of hatred with teeth on the end. Your fucking pug. And, no, he'll just sneeze on you. I know, and he, ugh, it's gross. But that dog did did a great job, man. They they put that yeah. dog through the. I mean, going through the the duct work and stuff, and uh, yeah, that was that was yeah. an awesome awesome performance. He needs the best supporting actor. Damn yeah. right. <laughs> most times you see a dog in a movie and it's just okay, bark and growl and be scary. But that dog had a ton of stunt work to do. Like you said, the duct work and all that stuff in the car, like. That's not. They must have had to do a lot of specialized training yeah. on that dog to get it to do the stuff required in that movie. Yep. Sweet. Should we move on so Terry can join that? Come back to the show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I think she heard you. All right, so what other ones do we want to talk about from Ghost House? Let's talk about 30 Days of Night. Let's do it. That movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. And it came out out before Twilight, so it didn't save us from that pile (laughs) of vamps, teeny bopper, angsty vampire bullshit. But it came out at a time when vampires had become completely anricified. And they were all just... They were so they weren't sparkly, but they were mopey goth assholes. Yeah. yeah, and just it was time for vampires to be monsters again. Yeah, and, these were fucking monsters. Yes, that's what and, I was gonna say. You know, based on the comic written by Steve Niles, and an interesting little, uh, it all comes full circle thing. The art for the original comics of Thirty Days of Night was done by a guy named Ben Templesmith, who went on to be hired to do a lot of the preliminary creature design and pre-production artwork for the boogeyman so it all come all comes together in the ghost house which by the way i was when you first announced this i was concerned that you just wanted to spend two hours talking about the umberto lenzi movie ghost house which is a pile of shit (laughs) i think we should we should spend two hours talking about that but yeah i mean what it and apparently I haven't seen this episode of Tales from the Crypt, but a lot of people said when that comic first came out and it was being hailed as this brilliant, revolutionary, new idea to do with vampires, that there was a Tales from the Crypt episode where there were some vampires who lived in Alaska because they knew that would be where you know they could be functional for months at a time. Well, that was oh, the, that was the, that was the thing when I first when I first saw the comic, I'm like, duh! How come no one's ever done this before? It makes total sense. Like why would yeah why wouldn't vampires go to um, Alaska where where you have thirty days of just darkness? But you know, one episode of a show that apparently did not stick out amongst the show at the time, or episodes of that show at the time, that enough so that when the comic came out, people still recognized it as something new and fresh. But um, 
And Ben Foster as the Renfield in that movie is Ooh, probably yeah. the best performance in the whole thing. I, I mean, that, I love that, that guy. I honestly, based, because I think that was the first movie, first or second movie I'd ever seen him in. And I can see him being the new Brad Dourif. Like, he, his mannerisms, his, his, how deep he gets into his characters, and how even though you see, like, you know, you see Brad Dourif, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, Brad Dourif, he's going to be awesome. So half of your brain is saying, I'm watching a Brad Dourif character, but the other mm-hmm. half of your brain is like, this character is somebody completely separate. I totally believe that this is a real person with with thoughts and feelings and depth to them, because he makes, even though all of his characters have some of that Brad Dourifiness to them, <laughs> they're, all, they're all distinct. And the same with Ben Foster. He's just amazing um but everyone else is great in that movie too i mean mark boone jr is you know he always plays the same character he's just the gruff cranky guy who drinks a lot and swears all the time but he's awesome (laughs) as that character and uh and yeah the vampires just they have those crazy jaggedy piranha teeth you know it's not just like Mm -hmm. the the set of fangs that you buy it at Hot Topic or yeah. whatever, it's like they're fucking monsters. <laughs> yeah, they're they're feral, man. They're yes, wild, yes. wild and uh, definitely made. I, I didn't even realize this until you had said something. I looked up the director, David Slade. Do you know that he? You know what his next feature film was after this? Hard Candy, wasn't it? No, that was before. Oh, okay. The Twilight. The third yeah. Twilight uh, movie. I how does the same guy? <laughs> how does the same guy what? who directs Thirty Days of Night direct Twilight? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> we'll forgive him. We'll forgive him for that. But yeah, yeah. This 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 was this was my favorite movie out of the entire list of mm-hmm. Ghost House movies. This this is just a classic to me. I can same watch here. it over and over again. It's been this a long time since I've been. seen it. It's one I've been waiting to show my kids. I wanted to wait until the snow fell. Atmosphere to it. I I don't know if anyone else does that. If they have not just movies they watch at a certain time of year. Like obviously you watch Halloween around Halloween. You can watch it other times of year and that. But like certain movies that have some kind of motif to them like that. That you wait for a particular time of year so that whatever is outside your window kind of matches what's going on in the movie. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Yep, uh, this time of year, uh, The Thing, Silent Light, Deadly Night. Now I should definitely add this one to the uh, winter rotation for sure. A lot of summer camp movies during the summer. Mm. Sleepaway Camp, Meatballs, that kind of shit. Has anybody seen the uh, the sequels to the, to this? I haven't seen the sequels. Me neither. No, me neither. I have no. it. 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. I've That's, heard of that one. Oh, yeah. And then there was another one, right? Yeah, I got them all written down here. There was, um... There was 30 Days of Night... there was, like, a TV one or something. There's two TV ones. 30 Days of Night, Blood Trails. And hmm. then 30 Days of Night, uh, Dust to Dust. Both of those came out within, like, a year or two of the actual original movie. Oh. And then... And that- and then in 2010 was Dark Days. Oh, shit. 
And there are a pile of sequels to the comic series, too, so I don't know if maybe they went back to the well and took some of those and Mm -hmm. readapted them, or if they're completely original things. Like, just looking at this 30 Days of Night Dust to Dust, like, it has a killer cast. Like, uh, first of all, uh, Ted Raimi. Oh, hello. (laughs) There you go. Your boyfriend. Uh, Yeah, enough to make me watch it. Also, (laughs) Ken Forey and Shawnee Smith. Oh, there's my No way. Oh, we can both watch it together for people that we're in love with. Yeah, both of those, Blood Trails and Dust to Dust, are both miniseries seven parts and six parts that's what i was wondering i could i I never even heard of them i need to watch this (laughs) i need to watch it immediately yeah yeah Yeah. shawnee smith is also in a bunch of the saw movies so that doesn't necessarily mean anything careful i like the first three saws and yeah and i love her no matter what so they just care that she's hot that's all they care i love her on back that's all i care about i watch yes when when Becker was in syndication, I would watch it every night just because Shawnee Smith was in it. That's just that. I just love that show. It was a good show. Yes, I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for her. So thank you, Shawnee, for turning me on to Becker because you turned me on. What? Okay. Okay. Well, this got awkward. <laughs> I'm just glad Mike is wearing pants. Right, Jason? He's wearing pants, right? Yeah. Um, I'll be right back. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I, I assume they usually tape the show with Mike sitting in Jason's lap, so maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Oh, that'd be cute. Like a weird Santa Claus thing going on. Tell me what movie you like, Mike. <laughs> Where should I touch you? Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, what else about Thirty Days a Night, guys? The I mean, it, it has some good emotional impact with the characters. Like, uh, um, I can't think of his name. Also in Penny Dreadful, main character. Josh Hartnett. Thank you. Yes, him and his. Uh, it, I guess ex-wife, estranged wife, something. But they're still. Yeah kind of forced together by the just by the fact that they live in the middle of fucking nowhere in Alaska but um, you know the sacrifices he's still willing to make for and there are a lot of moments like that like the uh, when they're all hiding in the in the attics Mm -hmm. trying trying to figure out what to do and how to get out of there and you know people volunteering to put their lives on the line for their neighbors and stuff like that it's like you see that a lot with just like, well, like we were talking about earlier with the um, Jane Levy character and Don't Breathe trying to get her sister out of the situation, but it's it's people sacrificing for their neighbors in this small town in 30 days mm-hmm. of night because it's so it's not just family stuff. It's not that immediate blood tie, but because these people are such a tight-knit, small community held together by the elements surrounding them that they, you know, everyone knows each other. And it's, it's not just that constant bickering and backbiting that you see in a lot of situations, like a lot of horror movies and situations like this where everyone's under siege and in one tight place. I mean, there's some of that, but at the same time, people are willing to go out and, and put their lives on the line for, just their fellow man doesn't have to be family doesn't have to be even a friend and 
I don't know. I really like that aspect of it. For sure. One thing, I know you brought up the graphic novel earlier. Um, I read that for my previous segment a while back, and one thing I will say about the film is that it's, I mean, it, it takes a few uh, turns from the graphic novel, but it was pretty loyal to it. But also, what I always liked about it was the um, the overall tone, like the blue tones and things like that, I thought worked really well. Um, sometimes it's kind of off-putting when they put a lot of filtering over it, but I thought it worked for this film in particular and it was really reminiscent of the graphic novel from, I thought from it, a visual it, standpoint yeah yeah, it set a really good mood for for everything for sure I thought it worked well in this in this instance yeah I love those like the big aerial shots looking down just like such know, great contrast to that blood. red on white yeah mm-hmm. sexy Down, not enough gory movies made in the winter time, so I'm saying. <laughs> I remember also loving it because it didn't it didn't do the Hollywood ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did have a good that's why I liked ending. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So good. Totes. So, what else we got, guys? Like, so the first film that. Ghost House Pictures produced was the remake of Juon, The Grudge. And so, do you think that this is why Ghost House was Ghost House was started? Do the I they they came to Sam and Robert about producing The Grudge, the American remake, or did Ghost House come first, or? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's the things I think about at night. And, <laughs> and I love The Grudge. I thought they did a great job with it. I mean, it's the same director who whose name escapes me right now, but I bet I bet Brian knows. Takashi Takashi Miike? No, definitely not Takashi Miike. If it was Takashi Miike, that movie would have been fucking amazing. Yeah, Takashi Shimizu. Yeah. There you go. That. Well, let's talk about Takashi Miike for a while. So, my <laughs> favorite. Why don't we just do an episode of him? We should. Yeah. We really should. I actually have yes. something to talk about then. <laughs> I mean, there's more. He's done more movies than Ghost House has, so we probably should in, in one year. year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to say, you kidding me? I went to the bathroom. He crapped out five movies. <laughs> oh, God. Is he still that prolific? Is he still churning them out that fast? Nah, he toned it down a bit, but I, th- I, th- I thought he had. I mean, I, I, it's like I, I was so into him a few years ago, just following him so close and trying to find everything I can, and good luck. which was like, yeah, exactly. Good luck, right? And then, and then, like I don't, I couldn't tell if it was me feigning interest or. Or the fact that he's just slowed way down because you just don't—I don't hear much about him. He's anymore. just all over the place with his movies and styles. Not like I love his royally fucked up movies and the violent ones, and I even like mm-hmm. some of his more you know toned down movies. But it's just he's 
not consistent. Not necessarily in the how he makes movies, just there's just no rhyme or reason to what he's going to make next. Oh, I know. He's just, just going to make what he wants to make, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And what's great is, like, he'll make whatever he wants to make. He does. He'll pick, like, any genre on a whim, you know. It's like he, he has a dartboard with genres on it and throws a yeah. dart, and that's going to be his next movie. But they still, even, you know, even from, like, the hardcore stuff, like Visitor Q, down to, like, the kids' movies that he's made... They all like have the same weird ass Takashi Miike vibe about him. Oh yeah, and and in that sense, he's kind of an auteur. But uh, Japan's movie industry is reminiscent of ours, like seventy years ago when it was all contract players. Mm-hmm. So he is oh, yeah. very much a director for hire as well. So it's not like he chooses to make you know six movies a year or whatever ridiculous you know he'll make one of his movies and then go make five movies for somebody else that's to make the money to you know that's true but like any anywhere else in the world america you know italy even um you know these directors for hire seem to get kind of pigeonholed in certain genres you know like the italians most of the the italian filmmakers have dabbled into to everything but then you get you know you get people like fulci or argento who um get stuck in the horror genre and and keep keep churning out those in the latter half of their careers even though they've done you know nudie comedies and and spaghetti westerns and so I I don't know I just I'm just I find it interesting that he hasn't gotten pigeonholed in a genre. No, maybe that's why he keeps bouncing between them because he just doesn't to keep want that from to, happening to, yeah. to stay interested in it. Yeah, that's true. I will say I I don't remember much about the Grudge. Uh, it was you know that was like at the height of Japanese ghost horror. Oh yeah. Uh, mania in America um, kicked off by The Ring yep. which mm-hmm. I thought the remake was absolute shit oh, <laughs> I, I, I love the original Oh, oh yeah, and that, yeah, that is still an effective punchy horror movie to me and I think a lot of that comes with how I first saw it <laughs> but um, that may or may not be a story for another time I don't know if we're ever going to talk about The Ring again or not or J-horror or anything like that but um, Basically, I bought a movie called Wild Zero from a tape Ooh. trader. On, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> from a tape trader on eBay back before any of this stuff was really coming over here. So you had to get bootlegs of it. And as a bone, and it was just a VHS rip of the European DVD of Wild Zero. And that tape actually barely even worked. It was almost completely unwatchable. But this guy threw in a bonus tape. And I didn't even know what the hell it was. I had heard some talk of a movie called Ring, and I didn't really know anything else about it. And so it would it came in a box with the like a photocopied uh, DVD art, just like on a sheet of printer paper, stuck in this big <coughs> clamshell VHS case. And the tape didn't even have a label on it. It was just a blank VHS tape. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a shot. And I was in college. I had the dorm to myself 
that night. So I shut the lights off, put this tape in. I watched it like completely in the dark by myself. And I shit you not, <laughs> not 10 seconds after the tape finished, the movie ended, <laughs> the phone my rang. fucking phone rang. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I about didn't that happen myself. to us, too? I think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> And, and had I watched it on DVD, it would not have been that, like, it wouldn't even have mattered. But the right. fact that I watched it on this VHS. unlabeled bootleg Holy VHS shit. tape, oh, that's <laughs> just, up. it was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I, and I, I still love that movie. That is a potent, great, great horror film. So I, I don't think I'd even seen the original Grudge when the remake came to theaters, but I thought, well, we'll give this a shot too. And we went, it was fairly, it was the, the opening weekend, I think, because I distinctly remember the theater was packed. I mean, it was sold out and we had got there late. So and this was, I was there with girlfriend at the time, currently wife. Um, and so we sat down, we had to sit way up front, like, you know, crick in the neck seats right against the screen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the movie starts and it's, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes in, it's getting to the first couple of scary spots and she leans over to me and says, the guy next to me and the seat next to me, he's, he's really creeping me out. Will you change seats with me? I said, yeah, sure. That's fine. He's, she's like, he's wearing this long, like, like a trench coat or something. And he's, I, I think he's touching himself under the coat. <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Well, there's nowhere else to go in this theater. It's completely packed. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I'll change seats with you. So, we switch seats, and I like it's not you know, just a few minutes after that, the first big scare with, I I don't remember if it's the little ghost boy or that black smudge that's mm-hmm. in the house. Whatever the first big real like. Boom! Because it's all been building tension up to then. The first big punch of the audience in the face scare moment happens. And the dude who is visibly doing something under his coat, like you can see him moving and stuff, goes, uh, 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 and then gets up and leaves. Oh my god. And we're like, what the fuck? So it gets, <laughs> oh, it gets, gets better. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Don't yeah. say it. This sounds like an insane pick intro. No, it's, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, it's I hope you didn't have any butter on your popcorn. <laughs> no, uh, the aristocrats. Uh, it's, it's it's not it's nothing so so obvious as that he got up and there was like a little puddle on his seat or anything like that. What happened was a few weeks later, she gets called to jury duty, uh, and so she goes in for the first day of it. And then winds up being dismissed. And she goes, you're not going to believe this shit. <laughs> the, the case I got called in to sit on the jury for was a public indecency charge for that fucking guy who was sitting next to us oh in the crowd. And so she got out of it by saying, I have had previous experience with this creep jerking off next to me in a theater. <laughs> wow. Oh, and that's how Brian and I became friends. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's awfully quiet now. So that's not just everyone's laughing. I'm just 
That's that's my grudge story. I'm done talking about it now. I didn't really care for the movie. I just thought it would be funny to tell the story. But I got to off in the theater. It's too I'll, bad that I'll she... never watch that movie again without thinking about that story. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> You're welcome. It's a better story, or better than the movie. It's too bad she got dismissed from the case because I would really like to know if the guy got off. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> God. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> so the now, grudge. Um <laughs> now, now to be serious here. I like the grudge remake. Yeah, I did too. I do. I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty decent. I mean, I I like the uh, original Japanese um Juan better. Mm-hmm. But I think for a, a remake, it's it's definitely a, a better remake of that Japanese movie than The Ring was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I remember seeing it in the theater and it being packed opening night, and, and it was it was a fun experience. I mean, I, I haven't seen it a, a ton of times, but um, and I think I think a lot of times we look back at at this movie because so many movies have come after with the you know, the pale Japanese kid, you know, with the big, the mouth open and, ah, you know, whatever, mm. that it's kind of like, it's played out now. But at the time, it wasn't, you know. Uh, so, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a creepy movie. Yes, me too. I, I, I've always liked that movie and I, it's been forever since I've seen it, so I don't remember a whole lot, but I do distinctly remember watching the bonus material on it because it was shot by the same director they shot it in japan and with a japanese crew and so they had these american actors american producers and interviews with like sarah michelle geller and 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 some of the other americans just how amazed and in awe and dumbfounded they were on the japanese filmmaking work ethic like they shoot fast over there and and they don't mess with permits either they just if they're shooting something in downtown tokyo they just set it up and shoot you know they get their shots and they move on you know um so i I highly recommend the supplemental material on the dvd it's it's especially for filmmakers um it's quite inspiring as far as like the japanese filmmaking work ethic on how fast they they shoot their stuff, so they just don't fuck around. I never seen any other grudges. Is anybody else? Nope. No, I have the sequel. I feel, yeah, I feel like I've <laughs> I've seen the second one maybe, but I don't remember anything about it. And I've definitely not seen the third one. It's terrible. The, sec- <laughs> the second one's terrible. Yeah, it's just awful. Mm. I want to see that Grudge versus Ring movie. Uh-huh. That yeah. sounds like that'd be pretty cool. Isn't isn't that the one they that they've been doing all of the uh the sweet marketing for? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they had had them throwing out opening pitches at Oh my god. Stuff. Yeah. So amazing. So and awesome. the Instagram account with like the the kids like the Grudge kid and the yeah. Um just doing everyday things. And it's I, so hilarious. Like I've they're got, swinging with each other. 
<laughs> it's just so awesome. Yeah. I've got some friends who are even more into Japanese stuff than I am. Whoa. And they've. <laughs> I, I've got some advance word that the viral marketing is much, much better than the finished product of the movie. Uh, Aw. Bummer. That's sad. What is it like? Dollman vs. Demonic Toys, where it's like 75% footage from the other movies? And... <laughs> I don't, all I got was, it's bad, don't watch it. So I didn't get any details. Anybody seen the Boogeyman movies? There's three of them fucking things, too. I've seen I, the first one. I don't remember I if like, I have or not. Doesn't it have, like, the Seventh Heaven guy in it? <clears throat> Yeah, Is that Barry, what he was on? Barry Watson or something. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've maybe seen the first one. I, I remember the first one not being very good. Uh, right. And I've seen it once back when it came out, and you know I, how how it got two sequels out. Yeah, know, that's what but. I'm like. I barely remember the first one. How the fuck do they keep making this stuff? Dustin, but. you said you seen the first one. Yeah, I did. It actually came with my PSP. And that's your know, PlayStation <laughs> Portable. So uh, I watched it on a tiny-ass screen. I tried to prop it up on my couch. I hurt my neck. I tried to prop oh, it up no. on my desk. I hurt my back. It was a horrible time. It was a horrible movie. I oh. ended up uh, just uh, cashing it in at GameStop. So oh. <laughs> I don't remember much about it. Okay. I remember it not being very scary. And... Uh, Gosh, I yeah, I just can't remember anything about it to give any kind of review on it. All right, fair enough. What about the messengers? I I, no. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> I, I've seen that. Any yeah. Movie? What? I've seen a lot of these. Scott, what's her name? Right. <laughs> Kristen uh, yeah. Stewart. Yeah. 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 Before <clears throat> she was really popular, all I remember is there's like a cornfield. And an it's a sun, sesame seed field or something, isn't it? Like a, oh. a sunflower? Like they're picking sunflower seeds I or something? Don't eat, yeah. I don't remember. It, it, was, it, was, it was your typical, you know, haunted house story. Family moves to the country, yeah. to a new house, yeah. it's haunted. I forget, I think they're, they find something in the basement, something like that. It was, it was, it was pretty forgettable. Yeah. What about what about the new Poltergeist? Loved it. That's I bad. I yeah. really liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it I a lot. I thought they did a decent job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sam Rockwell and anything, and I'll watch it. So yeah, well, uh, that, that, the that's original. Why I went to see it. Yeah. yeah, the original's one of my favorites. I mean, you can't. <laughs> you have to separate yourself. Yeah. Yes, definitely. You, you, definitely. you can't say all right. Well. Yeah. But as far as uh, you know. It was an entertain entertaining movie with some uh, some good uh, good effects and some good jumps and yeah you know, it is what it is so I I I, uh, I enjoyed it. What I, I really liked. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say um, I really liked um, Jared Harris in place mm-hmm. of like the psychic. Yeah, he's just such yeah. a great actor, and I mean I know he doesn't replace you know the this Zelda. house is clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's her face? Yeah. She Zelda was Rubin amazing, <laughs> but but it was I a nice he, update to yeah. that role. Yeah, it was a really nice take on it, a more yeah. a more modern take, and I thought it fit really well. What I like about it is that it goes over the fucking top, much like the original Poltergeist goes. You know, in this day and age of so many ghost movies, but 
so many of them like play it mild like your paranormal activities and stuff where you know it's an hour and a half of a door closing you know <laughs> where <clears throat> don't forget don't forget uh footprints with baby powder that was you know, yeah that's that's true that's that was true. scary riveting <laughs> the first time they did that hour and a half of a door closing that was some revolutionary door closing after that diminishing returns but i will stand up i will stand up for the first one and i don't like the original poltergeist so ha Whoa. are you serious oh wow how, Making how was that even brown. possible i'm gonna sit back and watch it's this a, i will say it is a little dated for sure like i've gone oh, back and rewatched kids. it and yeah it's, oh see i don't think so at all i, I, I just think, i think it holds up the face-melting scene is... The, oh, yeah, I was going to say, something. the only thing that's dated is the <laughs> effect on the ripping the face off. So that effect does not hold up. That effect no. did not ever need to be in high definition. So. <laughs> yeah. But I other than like, that, like... Scariest scene awesome. ever. I feel like the newer one actually so was good. more successful as far as, like, jump scare... Like, actually making me, like, jump as opposed to the original... But when I think back about, like, you know, the poltergeist curse and, like, how there were real skeletons and things like that in filming, like, that shit is scary. Like, knowing the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to watch this movie. That's gross. <laughs> but, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the new one, for sure. Go on, Brian. No, that, that's it. Oh. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to stir up any great thing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the remake well. for group for what it was because I don't have any like that was everyone's you know everyone's reaction to the Poltergeist remake was kind of my reaction to the Evil Dead remake where it's like how dare you but since I have no like I didn't see the original as a kid and I by and large don't care for ghost movies that much anyway yeah, yeah. just doesn't Same. do anything for me so when I the kids wanted to see the remake, and I was like, okay, whatever, we'll go check it out. Like, I probably wouldn't even have bothered to see it at all if they hadn't wanted to see it. But, uh, so I, I was able to enjoy it on its own merits, and mostly on Sam Rockwell's merits. Yeah. <laughs> just because just I had no close ties to the original. It's not like I hate it, I just don't care if I ever see it again. Sure. Yeah. You're poking the hornet's nest, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for the boom. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, you know, I, I, I can get it. I get it. You know, it, It's just I one of those things. That it was right in my wheelhouse when I was a kid. It, it was something I saw over and over again. So, I, you know, I, I certainly might be watching it with some nostalgia glasses on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, to each their own. But again, what separates... Oh, the creative team behind the original is, I mean, even if whatever you believe about whether it was Toby Hooper or Steven Spielberg, either of those guys are, <laughs> you know, they got, they got a pretty strong pitching arm, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I've kind of, uh, I guess I'm the iconoclast on the show. And I just about got fired last week when I said I didn't like black Christmas. So. <laughs> 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 it's not the fact that you disliked certain movies. It's the fact that you dislike them, but then turn around and like some of the ones that you do say. <laughs> like, you pick Seed of Chucky over Black Christmas. What the fuck, like... man? Because Seed of Chucky is awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. 
over over Black Christmas, the original. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's apples and oranges, but I just <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But, but, well, we gotta well, have no someone to fired. have discussions with. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have a Joe. Let's put it that gotta way. Have a Joe. <laughs> but what makes any of the Poltergeist movies stand out, and what makes them great to me, is just how, as opposed to, because I'm with you, Brian. I'm not a big ghost movie fan yeah. either. Neither's Jason. And as much as I enjoyed, like, the Conjuring movies and the, um, what's the other franchise that's really you big? always forget Insi- the name Insidious. Of. Insidious. <laughs> I easily get all five of those movies confused. Like, was, did, did this happen in this one or was yeah. it this one? I don't fucking know. It's all the same movie. Um, I still I still had a good time with them. Don't get me wrong. But what separates the Poltergeist movies, any of them, even two or three, from any of those other ghost movies, it's just how fucking nuts and over the top they go. Well, that's, I mean, I was... the houses blow up at the ending of the of the of the movie and the re- the first movie in the remake. I mean, you don't see that it, in Paranormal Activity. If it redeems you, or if it, if it redeems me in your eyes at all, I adore <laughs> Poltergeist too, because yeah. that movie is pedal to the metal, batshit insane. Yeah. <laughs> They all are. They all are. Even three is just like what WTF? Yeah, you know? I love three. Mm-hmm. But it's and kind of the same them... reason. Like I, I don't like Amityville horror, but I love Amityville too because it's disgusting. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Wait, which one's the one about the possessed lamp? <laughs> is that part? Isn't four? that a that's Family fun. Guy joke about Stephen King? <laughs> No, one of the one of the like four. One of the Amityville horror. Yeah, is it four? That's what I thought too. There's a Dollhouse Amityville movie. I know that, but yeah, yeah. I found. I mean, I was wondering all these Amityville, and it's just because it's uh, you know like the public domain names of anybody, and and their brother. Like we go out and make a Amityville movie and put it. You know, try to make a, a quick buck. I just they're horrible. Just yeah, but Amityville two is great, man. That that is just. Over the top, over the top. Is that the it. Italian production? Um, is it Italian? I don't think so. Is it? One of them was an Italian production. I thought it. It's got um, Burt Young, who was Paulie. You know, in the Rocky movies, he's the yeah. dad, and yeah, it's like that's, a prequel. That's, and that's two. Yeah, and there's like some strange, like incestuous <laughs> stuff going on between the, you know, the brother and sister, and it's got some really exorcist esque type of effects at the end. It's 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 definitely a, it's definitely a roller coaster. If you take a white bread American franchise and add some nasty Italian grindhouse sleaze to it, now you're talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, among other ghost house pictures productions, uh, there was a few apparently like shows that they've done. Um, there was some show called Legend of the Seeker, which I, which had like 22 episodes and I had never heard of it before. And then there was yeah. a, what's that? I, I've heard of it. it. I think it, it was a, uh, a series of like young adult fiction books, I think. Oh, okay. Then there was another show called Devil's Trade that lasted like seven episodes. 
and then a series of short films, which I think was done for Fairnet, called Zombie Roadkill, which actually sounded... But they were like five episodes, like about five five minutes apiece. But it, it sounded pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> unlike Sam and Robert's other production company, Renaissance Pictures, which they, they started calling themselves Renaissance Pictures back in 1979, and it was Sam, Robert, and Bruce... That all that uh, started out that started Renaissance Pictures, and that's the production company that's done that did all of the Sam Raimi early Sam Raimi films: Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, Crime Wave. Um, you know, they they did Dark Man. Um, they did a lot of the other stuff that was connected to the uh, to the Michigan Trio stuff like uh, Thou Shall Not Kill Except, Lunatics: A Love Story. Uh, but they also it also that that uh, company produced. Hard Target, Time Cop, but then they did a lot of fucking TV stuff too, like Mantis, um, Hercules, Young Hercules, Xena, Jack of All Trades, Cleopatra, twenty twenty five, and so, like, what's the difference? Why did they start? If they already have a production house, why start another one? Maybe to focus solely on the horror. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, because those other things sort of branched out into some more actiony, mm-hmm. fun things. Sure, sure, I get that. But like, you know, those those shows like Xena and Hercules, that stuff, that was like the last of it. And they were also credited as being a production house on Legend of Seeker, which is also so they got both of their production companies on that show. And that show was in like '09, and then Renaissance Pictures hasn't done anything since. Where Ghost House had done majority of their work around that around that time. So it's like they dropped Renaissance to do Ghost House, but Ash versus Evil Dead is Renaissance and not Ghost House. Did Renaissance do Jack of All Trades too, or was that just Bruce Campbell? And no, that was Sam and Rob. That was Renaissance, yeah. Okay. But I think it ha- I think what it boils down to between Ghost House and Renaissance is the Bruce Campbell equation. Cuz cuz Sam and Robert are part of both production teams, both production houses, but Bruce is only part of Renaissance. He's not part of Ghost House at all. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. I mean, he's not one of the head guys, but I mean, he's still been a part of some of those productions. Like, I know he was, I think he was a producer on the the 2013 Evil Dead, or in some way involved. Yeah, but only because Renaissance Pictures owns the rights to the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah, I guess you know because when they were making when the when the when the topic came up of doing a quote unquote remake of Evil Dead it didn't happen for a while because the one the one factor was Bruce Campbell he didn't want it he didn't want it to happen like Sam and Robert was all on board for it but Bruce did not want it to happen and it wasn't until they convinced him that they were not going to do a remake of Ash it was going to be a whole new character then he was fine with it but because they left Ash off, he just didn't want someone else doing Ash in case something happened 
with the Ash character down the road. And as we could see, it it has happened because we got a kick-ass new TV show. Yay! Well, not only uh, was yeah. that, not only, I mean, he's he's right there, but not just because he wanted to protect his interests as playing the character, but Ash is one of those characters that, you know, it's not like Doctor Who. Ha! There you go, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where you can just keep regenerating and switching actors, or James Bond, or whatever you want to say. Sure. But Ash is Bruce Campbell, and Bruce Campbell is Ash. Yeah. Freddie is Robert England, and Robert England is yeah. Freddie. They tried. They, they they tried that, and look how well that turned out. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, Chucky is Brad Dourif. They're if they get someone else to voice Chucky, it's going to be dog shit. Pinhead is and Doug Bradley. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or that. Or that fat guy they got for the fat new guy. one. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's just referred to as the fat guy. Poor dude. <laughs> he's not really even fat. He's just Doug Bradley's just that skinny. Just say, Doug Bradley's a skeleton <laughs> that can walk around. So <laughs> anyway, I only bring it up because I just found that whole thing interesting. They got there are two separate production houses. Yeah, so. we 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 did forget a a movie. That, that I wanted to just mention. Does it, did anyone else like 2012's The Possession? I still haven't right. seen it. I, I always like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, you know, any anyone with uh, any movie with Matish Yahoo as the Exorcist coming in. Uh, you know. Wait, what? Wait, I don't remember yeah. this. Matish Yahoo is, is is like a. Um, you really Hasidic, was. This- like he's the a Hasidic Jew, like rapper. Yeah, he was the he was it was uh, it was like this uh, box, and it was a Jewish kind of like I forget what it's called, some sort of a demon. And the only it's, way to get rid of it is to bring Matish Yahweh something. Dibbit, yeah. yeah, that was it, something like that. Yeah, it was, I thought. I mean, I'm a sucker for possession films. I really am. Oh my God. I did not realize that was the. I'm sorry. I'm like amazed right now that that was Matish Yahoo. Sorry, yep. you blew my mind for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and now we know. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing half oh. the battle. Jeffrey Dean Morgan before he was Negan. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Kira Sedgwick is also in it and she's always great. Yep. So anyway, well, I thought it was worth I thought it was worth mentioning. Well, and I had a question also about Ghost House. There's it's not a production company, but there was, remember the Ghost House Underground movies? Yeah, I've got that written down here, too. There was, like, a oh, whole okay. directed video. Like, yeah, product. that's more like distribution, I guess, than production. But Probably indie movies yeah. that, that they, you know, picked yeah. up. Yeah, there were some okay ones, though. Like, I, oh, I've the, the children. Them. Yeah. I think the children is the only one on the whole list that I saw, and yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, well, not I saw the, that. I saw Seventh Moon, Seventh Moon as uh, Eduardo Sanchez. I've seen oh, the yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Dance of the Dead was kind of a, there, a goofy yeah, zombie comedy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. See, and they all had that similar packaging. Like I can see it. Like it was part of a <laughs> kind of part of a series around that yeah. time. They did that like um, after. Not, well, there was After Dark also, but then there was that one. Eight films it? to die for. Yeah, eight films to yes. die for. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But the and gra- most of them, I'd rather die than watch those. So. <laughs> most of them are pretty bad, but yeah, they're well, not. They're not all that great. 
Well, Nightma- Wasn't there... Nightmare Man, that was, I think, one of the eight films to die for, I think. I love that movie. That's That one's done by R- Rolf Kanifsky. <laughs> Rolf. Uh-huh. Ralph? Rolf. Not Ralph. Rolf. R-O-L-F-E. Yeah, like the sound of music guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did jot down the Ghost House Underground um, films. There's The Tattooist. Um, Brotherhood of Blood, which I think had, uh, did that have Ken Forey in it? Or was it Tony? No, I think it was Ken Forey, yeah. And, uh, Sid Haig, I think. Uh, Dark Floors, Room 205, Substitute, Track Man, Last House in the Woods, No Man's Land, Rise of Reeker, Dance of the Dead, Seventh Moon, The Children, Offspring, The Thaw, Stag Knight and Psych Nine. Just just a side note, if you like slashers, the movie Reeker is actually a, a pretty good little slasher. It's about this uh, supernatural serial killer and, and he's uh, slashing and you know stabbing his way through people, but the sign that he's around is that he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> He's, Reaker, Reaker. I get it. <laughs> and this, I just realized, this is a prequel. The Rise of Reaker, No Man's oh, Land. Oh, No Man's Land, really? It's uh, connected? Nice. Yeah, it's connected, and I'll have to watch that. But huh. Not sure huh. how that didn't get, you know, the Oscar nomination that it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I think we, uh, I think we covered them all. Other than there was some movie they did in 2007 called Fold, and I have no idea what the hell that is. I think that one was a short, maybe. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's no. no la- what's that? It's about, la- it's about laundry. It's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a few shorts, I think, yeah. And then there were, oh, there was, I guess, in 2007, Rise Blood Hunter. Starring Lucy Liu. Yeah, that's actually one I've been. It's one of those movies that I want to watch, and every time I go to the rental shop, I get something else instead. <laughs> yeah, I saw but, that on the list, and I was going to try to hunt it down, but I didn't end up having time to do it. But. I mean, just looking at it, it, it has like a like the underground, the underworld movies mm-hmm. kind of has that yeah. look yeah, to it. Yeah. So yeah, I think we covered everything. It's awesome. Now, I, I want to give one more fun fact out there. Robert Tappert, do you know who he's married to? Mrs. Tappert. Very good. <laughs> well played, well played. <laughs> Thank you. Lucy Lawless. Oh, wow. Zena really? herself, yeah. Well, that Lucky makes sense. motherfucker. Yeah, no, no doubt. Congratulations, Robert. Huh. Okay. So that wraps up talking about uh, Ghost House Pictures. That was fun. Keep up the good work. Yeah, keep it going. Keep it going. Um, I thought I, I, I didn't write them down, but I did see some stuff that looked like it was in production. But I didn't write it down because you know how that stuff goes. Yeah, <laughs> Don't breathe too. Yeah, I was going to say they at least have that one on the docket somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's that's the big one. Yeah. I think, aren't they supposed to be doing, isn't there a The Last of Us movie? That's yes. right. That's that right. Yep. Page. Last of Us movie, which, you know, great game. That got so. squashed recently. Oh, did it? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's well, they cool. were supposed to do it. 
They were supposed to. Uh, Maisie Williams, I think is her name from Game yeah, of Thrones, was Game supposed Thrones, to be yeah. Ellie. Oh. Yeah, I got. I heard that got squashed, but I don't know. Maybe they'll try to continue with it. Oh, they just released the Last of Us Two trailer, so yeah, I was gonna say, they, off. yeah. Never played the game, but Maisie Williams is a phenomenal actress. So I would, yeah, I, I would have gone to see that just for her being in it. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right, so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be time for segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Hey, Jason, Maisie Williams is also in Doctor Who. Ah, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Hello, I'm Insane Mike, the host of Attack of the Killer Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about our show, Attack of the Killer Podcast, is about a group of friends who openly discuss horror movies. It is a very fun show, and we discuss various horror topics. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you may even learn a thing or two. Here's what the critics are saying about Attack of the Killer Podcast. Brutal, evil, ghastly beyond belief. So check out our show at attackofthekillerpodcast.com or stitcher.com or even at the Phantom Podcast Network at downrightcreepy.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Attack of the Killer Podcast and on Twitter at AOTKP. Thank you. And we're back. And now it is time for segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And as we always, we start with my favorite, other than Saints Picks, shout outs. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, Wicked Women with Huerta. <laughs> it's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Alright, so last one, your favorite ghost house picture pictures. And on Facebook, Gavin R.R. Smith says... I haven't remotely seen all of them, but I'd say the Evil Dead remake. Woohoo! Or Evil Dead 4. Evil Dead 4. <laughs> so much blood. Oh my god, so much blood. Right? Rain's blood. It rains. Literally. Slayer! Right? There needs um, someone needs to cut that video together and put it on YouTube if it's not already. God, it probably is. Probably is. <laughs> Derek Johns says, The Grudge, 30 Days of Night, Don't Breathe, and The Evil Dead, which I love. Great show. Keep up the great job, everyone. Even John, even though he doesn't like 31. <laughs> LOL. Well, we're going to find out probably here in a few weeks and how many other people don't on this podcast. Hey, it could... Dude, don't. Dude. Or hey. do like 31. Let me interlude. I thought it was really cool. 31 is actually going to be a Shutter exclusive. Yep. Oh, no like shit. They're going to stream it on there. Ah, I don't know when cool. it's supposed to start. But I thought that was pretty cool that Shutter's getting exclusive horror films. Like, they're getting rights to it first. They're so stepping that, up more and more all the time. It's awesome. Man, yeah. If you don't have Shutter, man, it is. For four ninety nine a month. It's awesome. Yeah. It's got some good, some great stuff on there. It's they've really picked. It's just amazing now. Jason, did I tell you who you know to completely derail this? Did I tell you what movie I found <laughs> on fucking Shutter? What? You're no. gonna be the only person that knows what I'm talking about. The Soul Tangler. 
Really? Yeah. You're kidding. Pat Bichau's fucking movie sold, that he refused that. to send me. It's on fucking Shudder. Wow. I was happy to see Happiness of the Catacuries on there. Yeah. Takashimike. But Soul oh. Tangler? I know, right? The fuck? That movie lost to fucking... No Man's Land. Yeah. Shudder. Get it. Why is Happiness of the Katakuris on Shudder? Because there's a zombie for two minutes? Yeah, I love how I love how people I, I love call it a zombie musical, but there's like one movie. scene with zombies in it. I so awesome. was one of the founding members of a student film society at Wartburg when I was in college, and that was the first movie we brought to the campus. Was Happiness of the Countries. Nice. We never did get to show the original version. It's actually a remake of a Korean movie, but anyway. I'd love, I'd love to sit and watch that movie with everybody. It'd be it's a fun, it's a fun party movie for yeah. sure. All right, and Tim Lennerer says, drag me to hell, since Woo. it's the only one on the list that I saw and liked. Oh. The, Evil, the Evil Dead remake was okay, but has zero rewatchability for me. Hmm. Okay. He's yeah. not into the heavy-duty violent stuff. Uh, so. um, gotcha. Well, it is that. It's a little uh. bit on the violent side. <laughs> Emily Krauss says, don't breathe. But I can't say I've ever seen anything by them I haven't liked. Good. Okay. Casey Bates says, 30 Days of Night and Evil Dead remake. Woo. Thomas Tucker, he even put them in order because that's what you do. It is what you do. <laughs> it's so weird Wait. meeting people and you ask them, give me your top three movies. And they're like, what? List them. And I'm like, that's all I do is list fucking movies. How do you not know what your top 17 in order are? That's right. But anyway. Uh, where was I? Thomas says, number one, don't breathe. Number two, drag me to hell. Number three, evil dead. Good. Willis Wheeler. I always want to do a Willis Wheeler impression when I say his name. <laughs> what? Willis Wheeler. Willis! I always want to do an impression when I... I don't know why, but... Do it. Nope. Come on. Uh, he's my Transformers <laughs> friend. Transformers and horror friend. He says, Evil Dead, what? 2013. I have another one. I'm sorry, Brian, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what about me? No, you're, you're first. You're number one. Um, where the hell was I? Uh, which, oh yeah, Evil Dead, 2013, 2013, which I call Evil Dead 4. Drag me to hell. Don't breathe the grudge. And then John's replying to everybody on here, so that's awesome. I saw Doug Kavorik. This weekend, or when I was on tour, and I was trying to get him on the show, and he's like, if I do, I'm just going to talk about how much I hate the Poltergeist remake. And then I was like, well, maybe <laughs> maybe it's too bad you can't be on this time, buddy. We'll get you on the next one. But he says, all I can say is that the Poltergeist remake was poo. <laughs> and that's that's the nicest he could, I mean, from what I heard him say, that's mm. that's very nice. All right. I, I didn't I couldn't I couldn't handle asking why. Yeah. Anyway. He said Evil Dead was pretty good. I'm surprised they're from the same folks, actually. Well, production house. Yeah. Steve Vessel says drag me to hell. Thirty days a night, Evil Dead. Hmm. And Joe Galsey says Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. I have to admit, after looking at the list there is not much there I really found memorable. Thank God for Fede Alvarez. Both of his contributions are in most 
if not everyone's top list. That's for sure. And that's all we have on Facebook. And let's go over to Twitter. Nothing again. Come God on, damn you it, Twitterers. Twitter. You Twitterers. You, Get the you tweet. Cheat. Huh? Because you, you, you do ads on Facebook. So you have, yeah, that. Well, you should cheat then. I'll, so I'll do ads I, on Twitter next time. Are there ads on Twitter? Yes, of course. Oh, there's okay. ads everywhere you go now. Dumb. Yep. <laughs> So suck at Twitter. Anyway, come on, you Twitterers. I know, I know you're on Twitter. That's just tw- Twitter for you. You just post, and then it just goes out into the ether, and it's gone. Goes in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it really does. Anyway, you can leave your comments and tweets and messages. You can even call in and leave us a voicemail message at four one five nine five two six eight five seven. That's also 415-95-AOTKP, and we'll read your comments on the air. That's shout-outs. Nice. Thank you, sir. Okay, so up next is my favorite segment. <laughs> what? <laughs> Too late. Damn it. In Saints Picks. No, um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wicked Women with wear tear. Oh! Oh! oh. A short and sweet one this time. I thought it would be uh, relevant to discuss Jane Levy. Levi. Levy. However the fuck she pronounces it. <laughs> um, I'm assuming Levy. Jane Lee. Fuck. Okay. Anyway. She, uh... We know her best from the Evil Dead 2013 Remake, a.k.a. Evil Dead 4, John. Um, Also from the new Don't Breathe. Uh, But really, she hasn't really pegged herself as much of a genre girl yet. Um, She does a lot more in the realm of drama and comedy. Um, Would really like to see her in more genre choices. There is one film... I'm really interested to see now looking at her IMDb page called Bang Bang Baby. Has anyone seen this? No, but I just like nope. the sound of it. <laughs> it says it's a drama sci-fi musical Ooh. about mutants. Ooh. And it sounds awesome. It, she's in it, and it also has uh, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Um, don't really know much about it, but sounds awesome. Uh, so I should look into that. It sounds like there's enough of a horror connection there to make it fit. Um, then the only other really thing that is horror-ish, it appears that she may be in at least one episode of the upcoming Twin Peaks revival... Which I'm super excited about, and John's not here to freak out with me about. But, uh, yeah, so she's supposedly going to be in at least one of those. But, yeah, she's awesome. 
And I really wish that she would just give up and become a horror person already and stop trying <laughs> to do other things. Because, <laughs> I mean, really, the other things that she's, she's done aren't really of much note. They're very indie, much lower budget. Um, and really, she's just known for Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Like, those are her two most notable credits. So I think she's going to get pulled in eventually. But we'll, we'll yeah. have to see. Sure hope so. She's awesome. She's amazing, yeah. And gorgeous as well. <laughs> Easy on the eyes. Is that one shirt? Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know she was done. I'm sorry. And ah, finish. There you go. Done. Edit point. <laughs> When Sheriff Danvers walked into the pub, the drifter was leaning over the bar, trying to grab something out of the barman's hands. Sheriff, it's about time. Get this bum out of here, he said. The drifter turned to face Sheriff Danvers, forgetting whatever prize he had been attempting to snatch. His unkempt hair shagged down over his eyes, bright and wild, which stared out from under the fringe with such intensity that Danvers stopped in his tracks for a moment. You're going to come back to the station with me. I have some questions for you. Ask away, Mr. Policeman, the drifter said. Could be a lengthy chat, said Danvers. Might be more comfortable where we can sit down and have some privacy. I'm plenty comfortable right here in this fine establishment, the drifter said. Have it your own way. You the one been breaking into all these houses the last couple of nights? I might very well be. And then again, maybe it was the squirrels. Uh-huh. And are you responsible for the theft and destruction of all those Blu-ray players and DVRs and various other digital entertainment devices I found all melted together in a burned-out pile in the snow behind the old mill? The drifter laughed, a chittery, unhinged laugh. I certainly am, Sheriff. They won't protect you now. Protect us? The hell are you talking about? What's a DVD going to protect anyone from? Soon they'll be here. Only those with the old technology will be safe. The tapes, the tapes, behold the big boxes. Pray to your VCRs to save you. Soon they'll be here. Damn it, who'll be here, snapped Danvers. The drifter glared at him from under that greasy mop of hair and grinned the grin of a wolf, anticipating the feel of the deer's throat in its jaws. (laughs) Insane's picks! Oh my god, that laugh. That's awesome. That's frightening. Well, I thank you for that intro. Um, so, in Saints Picks for this episode, it's a compilation video uh, that I recently gotten from VHSPS. Uh, if you haven't ever checked out VHSPS, I would highly recommend checking them out at their website, vhsps.com. Uh, what they do is they take... Uh, Classic VHS tapes that have not seen the light of day since the days of VHS and convert them to DVD. The box arts are awesome because they're just straight. They look like VHS covers and the quality of the DVDs looks like you are putting in a VHS tape. So the one I've picked for this episode, um, like I said, it's a compilation from Continental Video. 
uh, and it's called Terror on Tape. It was their their compilation of their horror titles back in the uh, back in the early '80s. Uh, this video was put together back in 1983, directed by Robert Worms, who also known for doing well nothing, um, directing Terror on Tape apparently. <clears throat> and it stars Cameron Mitchell. Yes, Cameron Mitchell as like this spooky, eerie video store clerk who shows his patrons the most horrific, scary, goriest films you've ever seen. Or at least the stuff that was owned by Continental Video. Uh, it also has a very early non-porn performance by Michelle Bauer. Um, and what I love about the wraparound stuff with Cameron Mitchell... Uh, talking to his video patrons is one the the set is cool because they set it up to look like this like like half haunted house half video store thing but done on an extremely cheap budget um but it, the best part is that it's all shot on v video so the quality is awesome seeing cameron mitchell shown on video is stuff of legends Anyway, this compilation is amazing. Like they, Continental Video in the early '80s, they were known for a lot of their big boxes, and they had, they they really picked a lot more of the. They got their hands on more of like the, uh, the more grindhousier, you know, gore films and um, uh, just oddities um, from from that era. Uh, and earlier, um, I got several of their big boxes, and they're the pride of my what's left of my VHS collection. The all-time favorite, my big box for Return of the Aliens: Deadly Spawn, aka Deadly Spawn. But tear on tape. So you know, you got Cameron Mitchell, who's this video store clerk, and or people. There's like three sets of different people that come in through the video. Wanting to rent the scariest horror movies he's got. And he happens to have a TV beside him and he shows them clips of the movies that he thinks that will scare the hell out of him. Such films as um, Suicide Cult, Alien Prey, Frozen Scream, Nightmare. Which, if you've ever seen Nightmare, that is one of the sleaziest slashers ever. It's, uh, it's, it's like Maniac, but like... Pervier. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Scalps, The Slayer, Eerie Midnight Horror Show, Kathy's Curse, Return of the Aliens, Deadly Spawn, City of the Walking Dead. Fuck, I love City of the Walking Dead. That movie's so, so, so awesome. Um, and the, back during this time, too, in the early 80s, uh, Continental Video had the rights to the Herschel Gordon Lewis Gore Trilogy. So you got clips on here from Color Me Blood Red, 2000 Maniacs, oh. Blood Feast. Um, then you also have other films like uh, Vampire Hookers, Madhouse Mansion, Blood Tide, To to the Devil a Daughter, which you've ever seen that movie. That movie's fucked up. And many, many, many more. So, so like I said, you know, this is a compilation of like the videos that they had in their library. Um, I remember renting it from my favorite video store back in the day, Jack's Video. And 
Um, so it's never going to see the light of day on VHS or, or I'm sorry, on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, so, but you can easily get it from VHSPS.com. So I would highly recommend, especially if you like compilation of, of movies, showing the clips, the best clips from your favorite sleazy films. Uh, this is definitely one to have in the collection. I would check it out. Terror on Tape. Yeah, that's a... Here's an interesting thing. Uh, senior year in high school, I had a psychology class, and we were all we were given an assignment to do like a presentation where people would come like after hours at school and, and see our presentations on these different emotions. And of course, I picked I was fear, or terror, or something like that. And having no editing skills of my own, I went to the video store trying to find something as a visual aid, and I rented Terror on tape and had that playing <laughs> on a loop behind my little cardboard. Uh, you know, folder thing with all the different uh, definitions and, and things on it. And, but I had to be real quick on the remote control because yeah. there's nudity on the tape. Oh yeah, there's like um, a whole section that's just based on nudity. Yeah, I was I basically I would I would play it up to a certain point, and then like it, you know, after a clip from I think it might have been Deadly Spawn, that was my cue to like stop and rewind and go back because then there were boobs after that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, so you so you definitely have seen Terror on Tape. Awesome. I have indeed. Awesome. They yeah, Continental Video just had like uh, I think one of the more interesting collection of uh, titles in in their catalog. So yeah. Also, to the devil, a daughter is fucked up for many reasons, and chief among them is that Nastasia Kinski was underage at the time of filming that movie, and she's um, naked through most of it. Oh my god, full on naked. Oh my god, I didn't realize she was underage. Yikes. Oh, that's fucked up now. Okay, so. With that said, that wraps up another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Let's give a big shout out and thanks to Mark Nato for joining us from the Horrorcast. Thank you for having me. Had a great time. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad, man. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Give us the links and stuff to your... Oh, it's just, uh, you know, check us out on iTunes at uh, The Horrorcast. You can go to uh, our Facebook page at uh, Facebook slash The Horrorcast Official. Uh, we're at The Hcast on Twitter. And um, we are, again, part of the Phantom podcast network at downrightcreepy.com That's right. and you can uh, check yeah. us out there as well and uh yeah man so ch- check us out and, and uh we, we we're basically a bi-weekly podcast we do a um a show every other week where we review one newer movie that we do not spoil and one older movie that we do spoil the heck out of <laughs> so we're uh up to about episode 23 but uh, with all the specials and things that we've done, we put out about 30, 34 episodes this year. So this is our first year, and uh, and nice. we're having a having a great time and and making friends. And uh, the horror community is uh, is a great community. So we're we're excited. Yes, that is outstanding, man. That's outstanding. So thanks, great pleasure, great privilege of having you on the show, man. Thanks a lot, Mark. No problem. And so, that wraps us up for another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all again soon.
Goodbye. Oh no! Could this be the end of? Wow!